I am talking about the single mom today. Something that's very near and dear and close to my heart. All I ever wanted to do in my whole life was to have a baby and have many babies, which is very surprising because now as I sit here about 25 years celibate with no boyfriend um, to my choosing, seems really eradicated from my original decision. So in my last episode, I talked about how I left an abusive marriage. I was in my early 20s, kind of burst into a world as a woman. But I knew a few years into it, living in the city by myself, working, I was starting to make pretty good money. I was getting respect for my work. And I really thought, wow, it's such a perfect time to have a baby. (laughs) And I said, geez, you're all by yourself. And that thought only went by really quickly. And I thought, boy, wouldn't it be so nice not to have to deal with a man to tell me what to do with raising this baby? And I just couldn't imagine at that point having a man tell me how it should be done. Because I already had at that point how I would want to do things. And the only guy I was seeing at the time that I would even consider having a baby with was an ex-football player from Pennsylvania. Very handsome. Um, We both had serious control issues upon one another, so I knew there would be a serious issue there. Um, Let's say, for example, me having to go home to his town and all of a sudden move there, of course, because he has family and they want to see the baby things like that and I just we already had that tat control thing going on I thought oh that would be horrendous but everything outside of that he was perfect so I thought wow so in my mind that would be the only one let's say if it happened that I would I would consider um not that I believed in abortion but he just happened to be the only one I was seeing the thought was going through my mind and I certainly would make sure that the situation wouldn't happen with anyone else I had dated. But so years later, fast forward, 34 years old. Okay, the year before the have to have Down syndrome test. And well, I got pregnant. And I had been talking about the fact that not too long before that I said, boy, this is really the time I need to really start thinking about having a baby if I'm going to have one or not. And I just did not feel love to anyone. I still was in that dilemma of, I mean, we're talking like seven years later, I still had no love feeling. And I just thought, oh, this is like, I mean, how, where do you go from there? So, cause I felt I needed to have some connection to the father in some way, some kind of fond feeling that I was kind of doing the right thing. But anyway, so this happened and um, it took about five seconds, I don't even think five seconds for me to think about it, of contemplation. And I whirled whirled right into being happy because it was mine. I mean, no matter, you know, who it was with or what point I was at in my life, it happened, it was mine. And I was on that borderline of starting to have problems, possibly because of my age having kids. 
So I couldn't have been more happier. I mean, I was in maternity clothes the first month and I just was, everything was baby, 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 24 seven. I mean, if I wasn't at Burlington Co-Factory looking at baby stuff, I was at another store looking at baby stuff. I must've changed the nursery around five times. I had more stuff in there. I could have had three babies. And I finally settled to a white crochet blanket that my grandma made. And I had this really pretty um, angel baby ensemble over a bureau that I bought for him that was really pretty. I didn't have the most expensive crib. The first crib that I fell in love with, it was a beautiful white crib, a Burlington Coat Factory. And I just knew, I said, I really want that crib. And it was partly broken and they're willing to get rid of it. But I didn't know how to fix it well enough so that it would be safe. So I had to let that go. But I was so in love with that. And that was at the time I was looking for um, a baby bike basket to put on the back of a bike. I mean, I had all these progressive single mom things just running through my mind. I thought, oh, I am going to do it all. And basically I did. When I had him, I mean, I had him on a train boat ship. And he was on my backpack or in front of me. We were very close. He never cried. He never cried because mom was always right there. Yeah, I was thrilled to death to be a mom. I mean, I would sit there and let him nap in my arms for like eight hours and I wouldn't move. And that's that's kind of pathetic, but I just would stare at him. And so of course, you know, they don't ever want to be put down after that. But um, yeah, I, I just was very, very, um, very pleased to have him in my life. The single mom, it, it's a whole different thing because I had a boy and of course you have the, um, the gender differences and then there's the, the sex talks and the uh, where's the dad kind of thing, you know. I didn't really feel the pressure being a single mom. Um, I pretty much was the dad and the mom and I, I really, um, you know, set the rules and guidelines my own way and I was thrilled to be able to do that. I mean, he would be making some of his own decisions as young as two and he would be setting the table uh, for us to eat. Of course, we ate on his table, low to the ground, he could reach it. And I would ask him, is this okay for breakfast? And he'd say, oh yeah, mm -hmm. And so we kind of had our routine together and he would ride his bike and I'd walk in front of him and I taught him to ride the two-wheeler, which was a big excitement to me. Um, I would take him to the park, and I wanted to make sure he knew how to play uh, baseball or softball for us. I'd be teaching him, but and uh, we played a lot of basketball. Um, I made sure he completed his yellow belt in karate. He was only 10 at the time, and I really pushed them into letting him lift weights at the gym there, too, where they had karate classes for kids, but I just always had him involved in things. I also had him publish a book when he was 10. Um, then he joined the uh, the boys club and was a leader there. So he just, uh, he was just miraculous. He was only about 12, I think when he was leader at the boys club, 13 maybe. And then he, when he went into high school, he would stay up to school for charitable uh, clubs to make items for for the projects and 
before that he graduated the Obama President's Award before he went into high school. So he was really smart. And I, what we did, our time together, because um, I was afraid to put him in nursery school because where we were living at that particular time, there were a lot of gun shootings. And as a matter of fact, the school I would have put him in, there was a real bad gun shooting there. So I was glad I didn't. And so I just really did a lot of stuff with him at home. We read, I think I mentioned once, I don't know if I mentioned on here, when he was two, he was reading back to me because he knew the words so much because I'd read the books to him so much. And of course his ABCs and his counting, I made sure he got all that down when he was about two. So I was doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one with him. And um, so he was already really smart and taking a lot in. So he was just a really, really smart kid. And academically, he did extremely well. But the single mom thing of um, doing it all, I mean, sometimes there, there might be dad things that would come up. And I tell him, you know, I'm the dad too. So, I mean, if you need me to do things, uh, please make sure you let me know. So that way can, I can fill in for that for you so you don't feel left out. I was going to be the stronger parent for him, but I mean, I watched him constantly. I watched the computer and I was home, you know, I, I was home when he came home from school and I was there and made dinner. I did his homework with him every night. So, I mean, I was the, the at-home mom for sure. And I really think kids benefit from that greatly. I, of course, discussed the emotional state of a woman. I'd always make sure his friends could come over on the weekends. I'd make sure we had food and snacks in the house. So he was happy enough almost right up until he graduated, which is funny because at that time, he wanted to spend a lot of time with me. So almost every day, we, at least in the warmer weather, we'd bike ride and go swimming. And uh, he really enjoyed that. And it was kind of our last year together because he was going away to college which let me tell you women, it's like a heartbreak. Plan way ahead because it's like, you're going through a horrible change and you're dying inside. It's like one of the worst things you can go through. So I, um, fortunately I was going to college right before he left. So I kept myself busy, but I was still hanging outside his dorm room with pizzas when he was out partying, looking for him. So, I mean, it's really, really difficult it is, but I mean, so much better to hang around and stay in the life and be there if they need you because I mean I had the calls when you know he was going through a tough time and I was there for him you know I would take him out to a new place to eat a big thing for us was going out to eat we loved it so we would do that together he loved to shop so we would do that together um, if he needed something I made sure a goodbye for him I made sure he had spending money so he could get through college because if you don't have fun money, then you're not going to have fun. And I really wanted him to go as long as I could keep him in there for. I don't miss having to compromise with a man on how I wanted to raise him whatsoever. Of course, I don't miss me being with a man. So that would probably easily convince that situation. But I just dreaded, dreaded, dreaded at one point in my life having to listen to a man and their family tell me how to be with my son and having to let go of some standards that I wanted. Nowadays, of course, when you're younger, please be careful, but try not to consider abortion. If you do get pregnant, 
because it's something you got to pay for for the rest of your life emotionally. Just really, really don't, you know, try not to go down that, that road, of course. If you're contemplating sometime in your life when you have yourself set up enough, fortunately, I had uh, an income coming in. I had good insurance. I, I could stay home with my son. We certainly didn't have everything. We had a lot less than what we had when I worked, but I had him and I had love and we learned to make it work. And it was, I felt so rich the entire time I had him in my life. I mean, I would get up with such a purpose and feeling inside me that doesn't compare. And it's, it's definitely the best decision I ever made to have this child. And I really think that if this is something you want to do, then it's something that you should do. I put a person on this planet that's positive because he was so wanted. And it's like breathing the positive energy yourself. If this is something you want to do, don't feel intimidated, especially today in today's world, because it really is much more accepted than when I started out. Definitely today, it's, it's not a big deal. So I wrote a song for my son called Jesse's Song, and it was from the first time I saw him, and his beautiful brown eyes just shone at me. I mean, they were chocolate brown, and they were a little bit rounder than mine. I just couldn't believe his money belonged to me. So stay safe, stay blessed. Lori Jean Finella, singer-songwriter. How skeptical children can be Show me.